We are remembering Good Friday today. It's a, a somber day for us as Christians. It's a, a day that w- it is appropriate for us to be reflective, uh, a day for us to pause and think of what, what it is that Jesus did for us on this day, that this was the day that if you have placed your faith in Jesus, that Jesus took the punishment that, was, that we deserve and he took it upon himself. It is a day for us to pause and remember that. Uh, A day for us to remember that Jesus paid for the penalty for all of our sins. Not not just the the white lies and maybe our words that we have when we're stuck in traffic, uh, but he paid for all of the things that even that we feel ashamed of. The sins that, that when you look back, you feel nothing but shame about and you think, how is it that I could have done something like that? And we say that the cross is sufficient for all of those things. And the cross brings freedom to all those things. And it is so easy for us to look at those, those big sins and say, is, is God not disappointed with me? Is the cross really enough that those sins don't hang over me? That, that maybe I could be friends with God again, but there, things just aren't the same as they used to be. Do we, can, we, can we trust that the cross is big enough for that? One, one person on Good Friday that we see reveal God's heart is Peter. When you think about, about Peter, he was one of Jesus' disciples. He was in the inner circle of those disciples. The, the night before Jesus' betrayal, uh, Jesus was with his disciples, including Peter, and they were celebrating the Passover. It was a very emotional, a very intimate time, a time that Jesus blessed them, affirmed his love for them, affirmed his protection over them. And then in the midst of this scene, Jesus pauses and he says something to to Peter. This This is in Luke 22. He says, but I prayed for you, Peter, that your your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Peter, Peter hears this, and he must be taken aback, thinking, what, what do you mean my faith would fail? I love you, Jesus, and I am confident in my love for you. I've walked with you from the beginning of your ministry. I know you. I love you. And he promises, he says, Jesus, there is nothing I wouldn't do for you. I would, I would even go to prison. I would die for you. And Jesus, Jesus comes back again, and he says, Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will, deny me three, you will deny three times that you know me. Peter is so sure that he loves Jesus. He is so confident in his dedication to him. And he says, there, there's no way that this would happen. I would do anything for you. I would follow you. And in the intimacy of this moment, he must have been emotionally moved and maybe not be able to see the reality of his own heart. And in his, his feeling of, I'm, I'm committed to Jesus, there's no chance this happened, he makes the bold assertion that he says, I would go and I would die with you. Peter is confident of his faith. And isn't there, there a part of us that when we are in places of, of comfort, places of delight, 
even places where there is a newness and an unfamiliarity, there are parts of our own heart that we don't see clearly. We're thinking of the, if, you've been, if you married your loved one, thinking of holding that person's hands at the altar and thinking to yourself, I would never do anything to hurt you. Or if you've ever hold the new, held a newborn baby and you think there is no way I could ever lose patience with this child. And we, we say these things and maybe we, we don't realize the reality of our own heart. And we are confident in, in our character and we're confident in our love for Christ that we don't think anything like this could have happened. Peter was sure that, the, that Jesus was wrong. Good Friday turned into the evening, it turned into night, and it was figuratively dark for Peter as the night progressed. After, after their time celebrating the Passover, Jesus travels with, with his disciples and they go to the garden to pray. It is here that Jesus is betrayed by one of his disciples. He's, he's arrested and he's taken to the high priest's house and there he's interrogated and put on trial. Peter follows Jesus, and Peter has interactions while he's there. It says in verse 56, a servant girl saw him seated there, him being Peter, in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you also were one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. And then about an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you are talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Peter denies Jesus three times in this scene. The words of Jesus showed themselves to be true, and Peter did something he thought was impossible hours ago. He denies him once, he doubles down, he denies him a second time, and if there was any chance that this was just a knee-jerk reaction, that he was, he was panicked and saying this, he had an hour to think about what he just did, and he denied him a third time. Something comes out of Peter's heart that he didn't expect. There was fear, there was doubt, there was panic and a need for self-protection that he, he immediately clinged on to, thinking that, Jesus, I must separate from him. And so he denies Jesus. He, he is ashamed of Jesus. He wants nothing to do with Jesus. And where does this come from in his heart? There are times in our heart that we do things and after the fact, after the, the desperation has passed away, we think, where, where did that come from? How did that, how did that come from me? I never thought I was capable of doing something like this. We, we, feel, we feel pressure and, and distress and so we do anything we can to find our way out of it. And that may, and at times, that means we hurt those closest to us. That means at times we take what is not ours. We wound others deeply. 
And after the moment of that panic subsides, we think, how, why would I have done something like that? And there is a shame that we carry with us for those times. And many times that shame tells us we are broken, we are irredeemable, maybe we are dirty. And then in these times we say, how could something like this come from my heart? I didn't know that this was what my heart looked like. And we are surprised. We are surprised by our brokenness. We are confused and it is hard for us to believe that we could do something like this. In these moments, in these moments of shame, we desire to hide. We desire separation. But these are the moments that we can run to God. These are the moments that we have opportunities to meet him and his grace. After Peter denies Jesus for the third time, after the rooster crows, there is one sentence that stands out right after that. In verse 61, it says, The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. It says, Then Peter remembered the words that Jesus had spoken, and he runs out and weeps. The, the word that's used here for looked, that, that Jesus looked at Peter, this is a word that has the nuance of looking at someone with interest, with love, with concern. Jesus doesn't look at Peter shaking his head saying, I told you so. He doesn't look at him saying, now this is another sin that I have to forgive. He looks at him with concern. He looks at him with love. For as much as Peter was surprised at what came out of his heart, Jesus was not. Jesus knew Peter's heart. And Jesus said, I have a plan for that. I'm creating amends for this. Will you trust it? Jesus knew all of this ahead of time, and he still chooses to go ahead with the cross. He doesn't look at Peter and say, that's too much sin. I can't deal with that. You have to meet me somewhere. He says, I know the reality of your heart. He says he knows the reality of our hearts, and he still chooses to go to the cross. Brennan Manning writes, and he's writing this from the perspective of God. He says, I have a word for you. This would be God speaking. I know your whole life story. I know every skeleton in your closet. I know every moment of sin, shame, dishonesty, and degraded love that has darkened your past. Right now, I know your shallow faith, your feeble prayer life, your inconsistent discipleship, and my word is this. I dare you to trust that I love you just as you are and not as you should be because you are never going to be as you should be. I think this, this is a, a quote that I love, that I dare you to trust that I love you just as you are and not as you should be. If Jesus said words to Peter, this is what I imagine he would have said in those moments. That he would say, I know the reality of your heart. I know who you are. And I want you to trust that I love you just as you are.
Jesus knows our failures. He knows our struggles. And we can trust that he can deal with it. We can trust that he can make amends for that. And that he still looks at us with love. Good Friday is a day for us to pause and to reflect on the magnitude of what Jesus did for us. This isn't a day for us to hang our heads and mope and think, there, I've sinned too much. The shame that I, of what I've done carries over me and is a dark cloud that I can't get rid of. But it's a day that Jesus looks at us and he says, I know the realities of your heart and I love you. John 15 says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down his life for his friends. Let me pray for us.